0: What's new? How is the you? Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We return today for one more look at Acts chapter 5 with our focus on verses 40 through 42, the final three verses of this chapter. In these verses, Luke concludes his account of the incident that took place between the apostles and the Sanhedrin. On our previous study, we saw Gamaliel, one of the Pharisees on the council, advise the Sanhedrin to release the apostles. Here are his words from verses 38 and 39. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Now, in the final verses of this chapter, we are given the conclusion of this incident, and Luke finishes with these words. The council accepted his advice, called in the apostles, had them beaten, and then told them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and finally let them go. They left the council chambers rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer dishonor for his name. And every day, in the temple and in their home Bible classes, they continued to teach and preach that Jesus is the Messiah These apostles were marvelous men. They were rejoicing that they could suffer for their Lord. They continued to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? It is a person. It is Jesus Christ. The question is, do you have him today? You either do or you don't. You either trust him or you do not trust him. Either he is your savior or you do not have a savior. That is the message. The apostles did not cease to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder.
1: Jesus' disciples were arrested and taken before the Sanhedrin at Jerusalem. They had spoken in their defense and some in the high court demanded their execution. After dismissing them, Gamaliel the Elder, a Pharisee, spoke to the Sanhedrin. His argument was, let's not harm these men, If their movement is of men, then it will come to nothing. If it is of God, then it will succeed and will be guilty of harming God's spokesman. He illustrates his point from two historic figures. One is a man named Thutis who claimed to be somebody. He had a following of 400 men. He was killed and his followers were dispersed. Obviously, that movement was not of God. It didn't succeed. Josephus writes of a man named Thutis, a magician who led a large band to the Jordan about AD 44 promising to divide the Jordan. However he was caught and beheaded. Obviously this cannot be the same one of whom Gamaliel here speaks. Gamaliel's speech before this Sanhedrin was made approximately 12 to 13 years before In A.D. 31 or 30, the Thutis of whom Gamaliel speaks appeared before A.D. 6. Actually, after the death of Herod the Great in 4 B.C., many insurgent leaders arose in Palestine, and another Thutis, unknown to us, may well have been among them. The second example Gamaliel mentions is one Judas the Galilean, who too led a revolt and who too was killed. That movement wasn't of God either. This Judas the Galilean is well known from the writings of Josephus the Jewish historian. The year was AD 6 or 7 during Quirinius second term as governor of Syria that he called for a census for tax purposes. This Judas vehemently opposed this census and its accompanying taxation since he and his group were passionately dedicated to liberty and freedom. Judas was killed, and his followers scattered. Josephus goes on to record what happened to a number of the descendants of Judas. James and Simon were crucified. Manneum was tortured and put to death. Another descendant, perhaps a grandson of Judas named Eleazar, was a leader at Masada, and urged his followers on that Mesa to commit suicide rather than succumb to the Romans. Most of them followed his advice. The story of Masada is well known. So these are the two names which Gamaliel presents to the Sanhedrin to prove that if God isn't in a movement, it will fail by itself. The advice of Gamaliel that movements not of God be given enough rope and they will hang themselves is not always good advice. Saul of Tarsus, Gamaliel's pupil, certainly didn't follow his teacher's counsel. He vigorously persecuted the Christians, seeking them out and having them executed. However, Gamaliel's advice was accepted by this court, and the disciples were flogged and released. So public flogging or scourging was called for by this court. The regulation for flogging is given by God in Deuteronomy 25, and this is it. When men have a dispute, they are to take it to court and the judges will decide the case, acquitting the innocent and condemning the guilty. If the guilty man deserves to be beaten, the judge shall make him lie down and have him flogged in his presence with the number of lashes his crime deserves. But he must not give him more than 40 lashes. If he is flogged more than that, your brother will be degraded in your eyes. No doubt the disciples had to lie down and were publicly beaten with a maximum of 39 stripes. Were they disgraced? Ashamed at the public spectacle? Were they disheartened and discouraged? Listen to what Luke writes. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing, because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. What a response to this second appearance before the Sanhedrin. The apostles, hurting and nursing their wounds, went back to their brothers and sisters rejoicing. A victorious believer rejoices in the way God works in spite of persecution or because of it. Instead of feeling disgraced, the disciples felt honored to have had the privilege of suffering for Jesus' sake. Such experiences were repeated many times over by the early church. They have been common to many followers of Jesus since. Perhaps some of you listening to me today have suffered similarly for the sake of Christ. I would like to hear from you. I don't know what it's like to be beaten for being a Christian. I close today with Peter's words, which he wrote later in his first letter. Here is what he said. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Rejoice to be counted worthy of suffering, disgrace for his name. Did their beating stop the disciples from witnessing? Verse 42, day after day in temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. I'm asking the renewal singers to sing a song I've asked them to sing several times since I began the book of Acts. I hope you won't mind hearing it again. What would happen if man ceased to praise our Lord? Listen.
2: If we keep Rise and shout we King King.